from marsupials and street mimes to the book of very very bad things podcast i'm your host peter i want to thank you all for tuning in once again and please like subscribe rate it review it whatever people do i've been getting some great feedback thus far and uh i just wanted to keep rolling in i want to know what you think i want to know who you want to hear from on this podcast this is as much yours as it is mine. I know I've said it before, but the Patreon page will be up very shortly. I'm just trying to weed through what some of the perks will be, uh, trying to make it worthwhile for everyone, so please bear with me. It will be live within the next few weeks. Our guest this evening, Gotika. It's a distillation of influences that may seem disparate to the uninitiated taking elements of SoundCloud and trap rap, Norwegian black metal, early aughts emo, noise, post-punk, and dark wave. He's harnessed these flavors and concocted a sound that is dark and danceable, bleak and bouncy. We speak on subjects as broad as the scope of his influence, skateboarding, culture, personal relationships, life in a post-Slipknot Iowa, local legends, the paranormal, dating sites, love, and death. This is music made by someone who loves Ghost Mane as much as he loves Lycia, which is an incredible little dichotomy. I enjoyed this interview very much, and I certainly hope you do as well. And with that, loyal listeners, I proudly give to you Gotika on the book of Very, Very Bad Things podcast. So I don't know if you've been uh, paying attention to any of the episodes too too much. I always ask everybody, first question, what is it that terrifies you on a mortal, like the, the most mortal terror you can possibly find? What's the thing you're most afraid of? It's funny because I have been thinking about it like for the past couple of weeks because I know you ask everybody. So I got a few. <laughs> it depends on how many you're willing to listen to. But I would say I'm, my number... I would say my number one is probably just like the fear that reality isn't actually real. Like I feel like life is a simulation and that shit scares mm. the fuck out of me honestly. <laughs> just like just the odds of everything happening the way that it has just seems so unfathomable that it's like how are we how are you and I even like alive people having this conversation? The odds of this all coming together is just so crazy to me. I would say that for sure. Well I that makes sense. I mean, especially with the advent of uh, the Matrix and then thereafter, the whole, uh, what is it, the Mandela effect uh, yeah. hypothesis. I mean, that that some terrifying shit. <laughs> it seems like most people, when I ask them, it's, it's uh, isolation and like oblivion, just being alone is their biggest fear. So that's that's a different one for me. I'm actually happy to uh, have gotten something that's a little out of the wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's a big one. I mean, like, I guess I don't really feel isolation as much, but, like, I definitely used to have a big thing about death until recently, actually, because it was just kind of like, damn, you know, what is that? What happens? Does anything really matter? Like, does our lives matter? I don't know. 
aside from yeah. that, though, I mean, try not to overthink that because it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and well, there's not a damn thing any of us are going to be able to do about it. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to that end, I mean, you, you could be as afraid as you want to be. There's not much you're going to be able to do to change it, right? Outside of keeping it, you know, keeping yourself alive as long as humanly possible. True. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much that you can do. At the end of the day, it's kind of just like, do you enjoy life and do whatever the fuck you want, or do you fucking worry about death every day you know what i mean right kind of but um i don't know there's shit like supernatural shit that i kind of i don't know like i believe it but i've never per personally witnessed it but like people have serious stories about that and you have to wonder like i mean there's gotta be something going on that this shit's happening right <laughs> can't, well i mean i guess energy can't just like die or whatever so well it, it can be, it can neither be uh created nor destroyed only harnessed and redistributed so sure. Um, there's a Tara from Lycia did an entire podcast with me and they, we only got through like three hours of it. There's a lot more to go about the house I'd grown up in, which was haunted. I mean, there's no getting around it. It was haunted. And I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I'm a firm believer. I'm, I might, uh, I may be in a minority there. I may not, but I'm, I certainly think that it exists and i'm not entire i'm not entirely terrified of it but it you know it, it can keep you up at night <laughs> you wonder like what happened to these people to make them end up like this you know what i mean right or like how is it even possible for us to like see that with our own like eyes you know what i mean <laughs> well i yeah or feel it i guess cuz sometimes it's just a feeling you know <laughs> Well, I, most people I know, it starts with feelings, and then they hear more than they see. Um, and once you get to the point where you can see things, that's more on the actual entity or whatever you want to call it, uh, the energy that it's capable of expressing. Right. That's, but, you know, we can talk about that all night, and we'll never get to the bottom of it because <laughs> there are no answers. No, never. So how old how old of a human being are you, sir? I am twenty three years old this You're year. Twenty three this year, and when when did you start putting music out? I started putting music out when I shortly after I turned twenty one, I believe. I started making beats when I was like mid twenty, and then my girlfriend at the time finally convinced me to get a microphone and just start recording. And so I put my first song out twenty nineteen when I was twenty one wasn't a good one but it was a song <laughs> wow i mean we all start out somewhere you know yeah. it's fun to look back at well i mean it's part of the roadmap. i mean you're, you're not going to become good just out of the gate you're gonna have to make some mistakes along the way you have to learn from something that's true that's true it's humbling it, it is humbling but i don't know i, I think uh I, I think the bare bones the warts and all that can be as beautiful as anything the Beatles pulled off in their late period too. It's just, it's where it comes from more than the execution almost, especially, especially with, uh, you know, the, the types of music that, uh, you're involved in and I'm involved in there's, there's that punk undercurrent to it. So where, what was your first, uh, who was, who was it that, uh, inspired you to start making this sort of music though? Is was there like a pinnacle group? that sort of inspired you to be okay this is this is what i what i want to do 
you know, this is going to probably sound super crazy now, but like the, I think the main influence that made me start making music or the thing that pushed me all the way was Lil Peep. Right. Because so, it was mainly just like his story and his come up and also his sound was just so like melancholy and emotional. And at the time, that's kind of how I felt because I was super like broke up over girls and shit at that time. So sure, it got me going. And then on top of that, Ghostman, Suicide Boys, kind of just like the main like, you know, underground shit going on i would say yeah like the, the, boys, oh go ahead suicide boys like goth boy click stuff um yeah. the goth suicide, money suicide boys kind of um were my biggest influence or at least scrim was my biggest in- influence for beats kind of style like the trap beat because i love mm-hmm. this memphis uh funk style but like vocally i kind of kind of went more for singing just because i was I was into the peep thing and I realized I couldn't rap very well. And like, I can rap kind of now, but <laughs> I think first, yeah, I really wanted to sing, but my voice couldn't do it. Cause I'd never like sang before. It was kind of a struggle, but a couple years later, here we are. It works. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems to be working quite well for you, especially like looking at what you've just released. I mean, we're, this is, this sounds like something that your little peep or, uh, any anyone in that diaspora would have come out with it, it's in that same quality level and that's why i you know had wanted to have you on because you know how this stuff goes man six months from now you could be popping and i, I would have reached out to you and you've been like ah, fuck you whatever dude <laughs> you know? I, don't I don't know i mean the the whole music coming up thing is super crazy and i don't even really i don't even think about it anymore it's kind of nice because I'm just more so focused on like actually creating art and like doing stuff with Tyler, who's my like. I'm you listen to the song, you know, from Still Dead. He's the second yeah. dude on there, and we do shit together. So I'm more so just concerned with progressing as like a group and like a solo person than it going anywhere. Right. To be to be honest with you, but well, that's for the best because once you when you focus on, you know the. Uh, the business end of it you lose the soul i think so too yeah i would really much prefer it be like a kind of underground forever thing to be honest i mean mm. sometimes you don't really get a say or a choice in it. it just depends on what happens but like i would really prefer just to play like small venues and basements if i had a say in it you know what i mean right but 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 the thing is but the thing is <laughs> as stuff like this progresses take it from me you know i've grown up in the punk scene and then 1991 hits and you know nirvana explodes and green day explodes and bands that i used to go and see in bowling alleys and basements are now you know at Lollapalooza 91 and you know it things have a way of surfacing and then going back underground and I, I almost think that the the whole, uh, I, I hate to call it goth trap or whatever people want to label it. it. It already started to really have a, a come up per se with, with, you know, people like Lil Peep. But uh, this isn't the first go around for music quite like this either. I mean, back in the 90s, we had Gravediggers who are a precursor to all of this. With the with the RZA, I don't know if you ever listened to the Gravediggers, but that's like they they were like original wave horrorcore. Sure, yeah. 
and cool. kind of like like Memphis type stuff or the southern southern rap. New York. You really? Okay. Grave Grave Diggers was Prince Paul from he was a producer. He produced De La Soul, a lot of people in that uh in the native tongues era, New York hip hop, and the RZA from the Wu Tang clan. And okay. a couple of dudes from uh the original New York hip hop crew, Stetsasonic. And and they just decided, all right, we're gonna do uh we're gonna do songs about horror movies and serial killers. And, you know, he also had that same wave happening in Texas with uh, Fifth Ward, Texas, like the Ghetto Boys, Gangsta Nip, um, South Park Mexican, who he he was not a good human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there was a lot of that sort of thing. And I think with this wave, the wave you're involved in, where it differs is it's more homespun. You know, it's it's more punk. It's more punk rock. It's vastly more punk rock. Right. I mean, let's just go to show you how much I know. I mean, I don't fucking. I wish I were more uh, well versed in music than I am, but I kind of am just like, I have specific tastes, or I just don't find shit that's relevant because I'm pretty slow with finding music. But my influences I'm, are pretty weird. I'm also 22 years older than you. So <laughs> I've, I, I've had a lot of time to uh, absorb this stuff and geek out over it too. But I mean, it seems to me like you and I do have a lot of influences in common. Lycia definitely being one of them. Um, how did you start stumbling into music like that? Like that original, uh, like late eighties wave, like uh, post-punk, you know, it was a weird it was a weird time so i had already made a playlist i kind of started with Susie and the banshees and like skeletal family a little bit and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and kind of just made a little tiny playlist and never really thought much of it because i was still stuck on rap and then one day i was just in this really weird mood and just started going through a bunch of like you know i think i was looking for like post-punk or like new wave playlists and actually the song i ended up finding by lycia that like got me to just look into their entire discography was missed from um inflickers yeah and that song is still probably one of my favorites but i was just like you know this is this song is good let me just let me just look through here and so i just went through all of lycia in one sitting yeah and it kind of just started from there honestly i think it started with lycia the obsession with like 80s and 90s recently anyway but yeah pretty much it I was just geeked out one day and just went for it and it was vibing yes yeah oh god yeah and like they are honestly a almost almost a bedroom project in their way because a, a majority of what they do now especially is at home right they they were that i was so i was so happy to hear that when when he was mm -hmm. talking about he was like doing it solo back in the day i was just like wow that's so like it's so relatable it's a lot yeah. more relatable than i thought i was ever gonna be so it sounds like a whole band sure Sure, but I mean, you also have to kind of admire the fact that even though it, he made it sound like a whole band with one guy, he couldn't, you know, go into Garage Band and and pull from sound banks and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. He was going out and doing this with with modular synths and like, yeah, so ahead of its time, seriously. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, do, you, do you think that's kind of because it seems to me like that's almost almost kind of the direction you're headed in it, like your most recent stuff seems like it, it's kind of.
kind of moving away from the more like the beats are still there but accepting the beats everything else seems more post-punk and less like trap related yeah yeah i don't i mean i'll still do trap and stuff but i don't think it's like primarily what i want to be associated with i don't even really like the name trap honestly because it's like right. i'm not trapping or anything. i don't live in a trap or right I've, I've ever really been to one but like <laughs> I, I mean the beats i don't really think about what they are as much as like how they fit a melody or a particular feeling that i'm going for mm-hmm. so it's hard to say i mean like like you and john talked about the genres don't even really exist anymore so it's like hard to even place it in a in the area because i don't mm-hmm. even know what this last thing would be considered or like compared to or comparative to you know what i mean post punk kind of all over the place <laughs> i which you know would make it rest pretty comfortably in post punk because that's kind of whatever you can make it whatever you want yeah in truth and you can't like your uh suicide boys and and you know uh, the other artists we've spoken about i mean could they have gotten away with doing what you're doing uh, i don't know i don't know either i don't I know they do a lot of stuff i mean they've developed quite a bit I think they do a lot of stuff but i think their primary thing is like that hard like punchy kicks and then like snappy stare snares type shit and then the insane raps and you know what, what they do but i think they can do anything I don't necessarily think that they're going to bust out a guitar and a bass anytime soon, but no, but you know, I I did, I did see them on tour with trash talk. So yeah, you know, I like they're playing hardcore shows. They could, they could fit if they wanted to, but I I don't, I don't know. I don't know. As far as being melodic though. Yeah. Right. That's the tough part that takes, that takes a pop sensibility that, uh, you know, you imbue into it that I, I don't i don't think most people in your in your uh generation doing what you guys do i don't think a lot of them have that or or can master it or put themselves in the headspace to actually emote melody really if you if you if you catch my drift a lot of it is very atonal and what they would consider singing to me sounds like is it like as take kid cuddy I love the first two Kid Cudi albums, but everything he's done thereafter, he sounds like he's moaning. Sure. And I, I love the guy, but you're not singing, bro. That you're moaning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't think that's what you're doing. You know? Well, I don't really know what I'm doing, to be honest with you. That's the fun thing about it. <laughs> you're not supposed to. Yeah. It's kind of just like I get these ideas. I have these random songs or whatever. I'm like, wow, these sound similar. And then kind of just I'm like, wow, this is actually a cohesive project. Who knew? What the fuck? (laughs) There we go. That's that's another thing that I envy about your generation, because when I was your age and younger making music, we had to or at least we felt we had to adhere to the strictures of what the scene we were involved in would allow right you know like dude that doesn't sound like a hardcore song you don't dress like a hardcore band that's not you know that it just that gets tired fast that gets tired real fast and and i i think the idea of of codified genre although a lot of people miss it and miss some of the uh more tactile experiences of like 
going to a record store, picking up a record, smelling it, you know, like that's great and all, but in this day and age, music is consumed digitally. That's yeah. what, that's why SoundCloud exists. It's a, it's uniquely digital. It's all digital and you could just fire through it. And for something to actually catch your ear and hold your attention, usually it has to be pretty good. That's, so that's why I'm so confused because, like, I didn't even ask you to go check out my music at first. You just did it, and then you were like, hey, wow, this stuff is pretty good. And I was like, oh, thank you. I, I wasn't going to ask you to listen to it or anything. I'm a musician. Like, I'm a musician, so, I mean, I, I would love it if every person who listened to my podcast or looked at my social media or whatever would go and check out my band. Are they going to? I don't know. I I can't really control that. That's not what I'm pushing anyway. What, um, but my first instinct, if, if I make contact with another human being, and I see they're a musician. The first thing I want to do is check out their music because that is the direct link to who that person is. That is true. Oh, God, I, don't know. I don't know how, how deep, deep dive you went with it, but. Uh, uh, I basically just hit play and burn through pretty much everything you had on there and in maybe like two sittings while i was sitting and writing sure. so i got a pretty broad yeah i got a big i got a, a big glance at it all yeah and i can see the progression mm -hmm. i enjoyed the progression but i really really enjoy the most recent songs that you released the things yeah. like when you you message me and they're like dude here it is to me that was that was the the nail in the coffin here we go yeah yeah starting here something's arise yeah yeah it really it really piqued my interest and it really did remind me of people like you said like Susie and the banshees and uh what people would i guess equate with goth but that word makes zero sense <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're goth, gothic. That's that's uh, a a movement in architecture. Yeah, that's true. I think about that sometimes, honestly. Mm -hmm. How we got mixed together and all washed about. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never, I'll never fully understand it. I mean, it was all post punk at one time. Right, and like that's kind of. I mean, I would say that's probably stereotypically the vibe that I go for, and like me and my girlfriend are probably you know if you just looked at us out in public you'd probably be like oh look a gothic couple of people there but like i mean we don't really have labels i don't like to like label myself with anything in particular just because people are gatekeepy about that kind of shit too yes they are i'm not trying to like defend my like style or anything <laughs> so i'm just like i'm dressing up i guess i don't know and you know it's not like traditionally anyway anyone who was gothy when i was growing up they didn't skate yeah it just that's kind of a new a newer thing when i when i was a kid if you skated you were you were pretty much a punk yeah you know it still kind of is that way i don't really see a lot of people too like actually there's this one dude that skates at the skate park i see and he's like he gets fucking like dressed out to go skate and it's crazy and i'm i talk to him every time i go there and he's funny but he's like got all the chains on and like the chokers and the the like spike fucking wristbands and shit i'm like dude you're crazy 
Yeah, that's kind of like that would get in the way, I would think. Yeah, I, I mean, even like when the big pants and I was a part of that wave back in the early 90s, like the the big, big Jenko pants and stuff. When everybody was rocking that skating to me, it, like I would trip over my pant legs. Yeah, I had to like size down a little bit. I was like, yeah, I can't really get any freedom of motion with this. I mean, <laughs> unless you want feel like eating it all the time just to look cool. Yeah, dude, people get crazy with the baggy pants, like almost to the point where it's like, okay, these are a little too baggy right now, dude. Like, <laughs> where are your legs? Where do they start? Where do they end? We used to have a a joke back in the nineties, uh, and actually the the fanzine I wrote for did a piece on it. Uh, it's, it said, uh, there are baggy pants and then there are illegal pants. And we deemed anything, anything that if you appeared to be floating about in a ghostly fashion, like no feet, can't see your feet, can't see your legs. It just looks like a big wash of denim illegal. <laughs> yeah, those are definitely illegal pants for sure. You, we, you would, we'd punch your scene card. You were out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's waves, you know. I mean, I think we're in a baggy wave right now, but the tight the tight pants are going to come back, you know. I I I got caught up in that one too. <laughs> yeah. A few like about fifteen years ago, sixteen years ago, I got caught up in that. That was that was too damn much too. It's yeah. hard to keep up, like especially as you get older, you, you just really don't care anymore. That's why I'm like in a flannel, <laughs> yeah. whatever. This is how I live now. <laughs> they have tight pants like i used to only be skinny jeans type of guy and then i started realizing like wow that's fucking uncomfortable every single day holy shit i don't want to do that <laughs> like once in a while you know fucking whatever but yeah it's kind of it's kind of difficult to uh suffer just to look cool it's not it's it's not it's not cool it's not right yeah. <laughs> at the same time though that's kind of what i do to an extent i mean like I like doing makeup and shit, which is just innately uncomfortable, especially as somebody who had, doesn't do it all the time. Like, like women are desensitized to it because they do it like every day if they are like that. And it's just like, when I do it, it's like, holy shit, there's stuff on my face. And I have to remember like, like hyper focus not to touch my face and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all, it's all in good fun. It is, but. In the same token, it's not utilitarian, so I, you will find yourself eventually shedding yourself of all of that just to be comfortable. Sweats, sweats in a t-shirt, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that wave is coming too. Believe me, we're gonna get back to we're gonna get back to that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it all comes so back you, around, man. Unfortunately and unfortunately, do you have any plans on releasing anything physical? you know i have thought about it but it's like i don't know how that would be applied because i know that mastering is different for like hard copies and i don't even bear i barely even can goddamn master for digital so mm -hmm. i don't know i would have to probably have somebody do it but like when the time comes i might do like a limited release or something i think it'd be kind of fun i don't think it makes sense to do a whole like whole bunch of vinyl or whatever just because like it's not probably that big anymore but yeah. people do like 100 100 presses you know or something like that cassettes that's the new that that wave is really cresting right now too people are back into those oh yeah <laughs> and you could do fun. you could do that pretty cheaply too 
But yeah, I never really got a. I never really actually messed around with like with like hard hard copy stuff if you can believe it. I barely even know how to how to put a vinyl on a record player and play it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was, I had to know how to do that shit back in the day. That was what we had. That's true, yeah. You know, but I'm I'm talking even like the physical component of like a t-shirt or. Clothes? Yeah. So any... that, I had thought about it and I kind of think of it more so like if I did do that kind of stuff, it wouldn't be as much of like Gattaca merch. It would be kind of just like trying to start my own kind of clothing thing. But I don't know if I'm like mentally mature enough to kind of do that shit. So maybe someday <laughs> I won't write it off. Right. I mean, to if you're being honest with yourself, though, if you want if you ever wanted to monetize your brand, that's probably the route you want to take, because most most major, major touring bands right now, their money comes from their merchandising. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these bigger bands, these bands that are almost boutique in nature, they're selling their shirts like it's streetwear. Yeah. You know, their logo will be involved or integrated somewhere, but it's about the greater piece, you know, whatever the artwork may be. Um, and and they go for like these really limited runs of, you know, higher end garments and it sells through and you could really you could make a tidy living doing that for yourself yeah and honestly i think i would prefer it that way because like i'm not a huge fan of like typical shit just printed on like a gildan or whatever like i like i like comfortability and also style at the same time Mm -hmm. so it's just, it's got to be worth it, you know? It's got to feel right. It's got to be like something that I would wear because I probably will be wearing it, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I mean, that's why that's why a lot of these bands, they and uh, these the, the whole boot, the bootleg T-shirt wave is massive now, too. And if you can get it, people are printing on comfort colors or shock aware or some of these, like, higher-end garment suppliers. Um, and... You know, you pay, you pay for it, but it's completely worth it because, I mean, even if you're going to wear it and then flip it on eBay, you know, there's going to be a market for something like that. That's the new, that's, that's the new, uh, what's happening right now. Nobody gets rid of their clothes at the Salvation Army anymore. <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> so I mean, like, I'll, I'll donate my shit if it's something I don't think anybody would buy, but. And on the, like, flipping clothes thing, I truly have a question here because, like, yeah. people think that, like, selling tour stuff, that they're going to get hundreds of dollars, but it's, like, I've seen certain tour shirts and, like, hoodies and shit for sale for, like, months now that nobody's buying them for the prices they're asking. It's, like, when are you just going to be, like, okay, I'm going to keep this or just, like, make the price reasonable? This shit is ridiculous. Well, the, the, they were riding. They were riding that particular wave because for that couple of months or that year, tour shirts were the were the new what's happening. So it was fetching yeah. ridiculous amounts of money for a brief amount of time, and everyone still thinks that they're going to get rich quick on something they bought war twice and stuck in their closet. And I mean, I've I've done it myself. I mean, I've put like i had an old hand screened dead kennedy's t-shirt that i got when i was 10 years old 
and I was never going to fit into it again. So I threw it up on eBay and I turned around and it sold for like $85. I didn't price it at that. It was an auction, but that's what it went for. And I probably could have gotten three times as much if I tried hard enough, but I didn't at that time, I didn't realize there was a market for it. Yeah. But um, like what's, what's going to sell what the prices that if you want to fetch like a big price, it's got to be something limited. It's got to be something hand screened or something done in like quantities of like 50. But even then, if you're the artist, you're selling it and you're making maybe five, $6 a shirt on it. And then this Dick who has like this, ebay store where he flips this stuff for premium prices is getting rich off of your blood sweat and tears so there's a negative to it all too but that's the chance you take seriously i just wondered i don't know sometimes people are pretty realistic with prices and they're not just like 300 dollars for like a piece of cloth you know what i mean yeah definitely somebody's gonna buy that for sure well that's the thing is is it, is it going to make them look cool? Yeah. Are they collecting enough cool points by owning this piece of fetish material, whatever it might be? It could be, a, I don't know, who, whoever's fucking cool now who wasn't five years ago and they had some shit out. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I always like them. Look at this. I have this rare whatever. Yeah, I didn't buy it on eBay for $300. The tour, but... <laughs> No, but the, that's not what they're going to tell you. They're going to be there. Oh, no, I didn't pay $300 for this on eBay. I was there and got it. <laughs> okay. Awesome. You were you were seven when that tour happened. <laughs> but I mean, and how does uh, how does all this tie into skateboard culture for you? Because it seems like that you spend a lot of time in that as well. Like musically? Yeah. Or, I don't know. You know? Skateboarding has been so on and off for me, and it's kind of a, like, it makes me sad because, you know, I've been skating since I was, like, 10 and shit, and I should probably be a lot better at skateboarding than I am, <laughs> so <laughs> at least I think that, but people that don't skate are like, you're fucking good at skating, what the fuck, and it's like, I don't feel like I'm that good, I don't know, but yeah, I don't know, I just... It's always been something that's been a part of me, and every time I don't do it for a long period of time, I'll just come back to it. So it's like now I'm just kind of committing myself to it in my body because it's like my body's already fucked up from it. It's not going to get any better. I mean, might as well do some cool shit and just send it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. because truth be told, I, I just had – I'm healing right now from a surgery from something that came from skating yeah. and playing and playing baseball too, but mostly skating. I mean, I had a knee replacement already because of skating. I had, uh, what is it? My ACL and MCL replaced skating. Now I had my foot completely like all screws and plates and junk put in it skating. Jeez. And, you know, all that all amounted really from one accident uh, like umpteen years ago. Yeah, I mean, you're doing that. You were doing that real serious, like, spooky shit. I don't know if I could ever do all that, but... What, skating vert? For vert, yeah. But just airing out of that shit is like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why? How do you do that? And I think that was... that. That's straight... 
you know, grow, like growing up in the 80s and worshiping vert skaters in the 80s because that was the wave back then. That was when I got into it, that's what it was. Street skating wasn't really popping off like it started to in the 90s. Um, growing up as a kid, you'd see a skate video. It wasn't street skating. It was like guys like Tony Hawk and Gator skating pools and skating vert. And that was it. You know, and street skating popped off soon thereafter. But even the street skaters in my era came from skating vert first. A lot of them did. Quite a lot of them did. So there was a lot more risk taking that was inherent to it because we were all addicted to getting air, you know. And it does. I mean, there's, it's it's its own style and a lot of it's just not being afraid to get hurt yeah i mean that's you a know. big part of it for sure just like doing handrails you know you you do like a, a steep eight set handrail i mean you're you're taking a chance with your junk you know what i mean you <laughs> that board that board snaps i mean you know that maple those plies will give way i've seen it happen to people come right down on themselves and they're out like you don't see them again for three months because you know they did something horrible to themselves <laughs> you know <laughs> so the chances the chances are there whether you're skating vert or street truly that's true yeah yeah yes oh, yeah, I don't know. it's weird how the weird how the two things mix together over time yeah i mean it it all does it all comes from the same place i think i mean the music and, and skateboarding certainly intertwined that they came from a similar uh cultural touchstone anyway if if not a if not an actual movement you know there was that cultural tie that bound them together but you didn't really need one for the other and once i gave once i gave up skating it's not like i lost my identity as a singer in a hardcore band it just it was the one thing that made me that much cooler was gone and oh well <laughs> you know yeah and it's weird because i think about it and i'm like man you know i don't think anybody outside of people who skate think skating is cool but like <laughs> i think it's cool so you know, you'd be very cool. you'd be very surprised i mean we're in the olympics now you know yeah that's true it's not just the x games anymore like you know warp tour expositions that like it's it's real now it's it's a recognized sport people can't deny that i personally kind of reject the sport aspect of it like it definitely is a physical physically strenuous activity for sure but i, I see it, i see it as more of an art because each person skates differently you know what i mean oh yeah everybody skates an obstacle differently it's kind of just it's more like who you are as opposed to like oh you know fucking sport I guess that's just how I see it. Well, I mean, I would, if I were to liken it to another sport, it would be boxing only because in skating and in boxing, you can legitimately have your complete own style that may make no sense to, uh, you know, someone else on the outside looking in at it, but still be successful. Right. Because. It, you look at Mike Tyson versus Muhammad Ali, 
Muhammad Ali had let him get let himself get the shit kicked out of him because he could handle it, tire the other guy out, and then come in at him with a flurry and hit him with some short punches, nothing really strenuous, and knock dude clean out. Whereas Mike Tyson had come in and within 25 seconds the match is over because he hit the guy so goddamn hard he almost killed him. Yeah, it's fucking it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but in the same token skating's like that because you know even when bam margero was a, a a legitimate pro skater he was he was an ugly ugly skater his oh, style yeah. his style was very dirty very Gross. very very <laughs> very pennsylvania actually because that's where i'm from that's where i'm at right, right now pennsylvania we're, we're kind of known for that not like more uh more grimy style like the whole love park movement they weren't they weren't all pretty skaters not everything was graceful sometimes it was just about like tweaking it and you know you, you get the trick you stick it but it, it it doesn't have the same kind of style and and that i think is inherently pennsylvania for some reason because that's I where they, that's where they all popped off too they all popped off in love park yeah, I forget that that's where that is. Yeah. And didn't they, uh, didn't something happen to Love Park or is it still there? Is it still a spot? Love Love Park's still a spot, but they're not letting, I don't think they're really letting anybody skate there anymore. I haven't been there in a few years. But uh, last I'd seen, there were signs everywhere, no skateboarding, no bicycling. Uh, and they were enforcing it because there had been a lot of injuries there that, you know people's parents were suing the city and it just it got nasty it got real messy yeah that's uh it's rough back to the music side of things though you said you're starting to uh you're starting to move with other people musically um yeah you're starting to get more collaborators is that something that you uh see in the future like actually putting together maybe not so much a band but a collective well, me and me and Tyler are we've been doing me I've been doing music with him since I started basically I I've known him so he's a big part of it for me and like we actually bounce off of each other that's kind of like where our inspiration derives from mainly mm -hmm. I've just been listening to his music a lot lately and he just it just inspires me to make more shit but I digress anyway we have actually a group it's called still.fm mm -hmm. and the the rap song you listened to probably washing pole was on ghost in the shell which is a still that fm project so we we've been planning on doing some more uh projects together soon but yeah i think i don't know that's that's our thing i i don't i don't really want to like do it without him i don't think it would work as well he's like my like he's like my other half musically you know what i mean yeah his his music yeah. is super insanely terrifying and cool and weird. <laughs> He's big into noise. Oh, like actual like like industrial noise. Yeah, it's very spooky. Uh, I don't know how he started doing it as good as he has, and he doesn't even listen to noise music. Is the the crazy shit? He's inspired by black metal, but it's oh, like black well. metal inspired noise music. It's terrifying, but I love it. I think that's a great combination, actually, because. <laughs> you know uh that whole that whole nor early norwegian wave of black metal like with even beharit and and uh 
you know, you know, dark funeral, all of it, all of it just had a, that underproduced tons of gain, real mm. fuzzy playing inverted chords at ridiculous speeds. It just <laughs> it, like, there's nothing about it that should make sense or sound good, but it's so good. It's so nihilistic. Like, I'm glad to hear that you like it because honestly, it's probably some of the only metal that I can actually like tolerate. <laughs> and I don't really listen to it all that much, but I'm not big into like, I used to be a super, I wouldn't say super big metal head, but I used to listen to like deathcore and all that shit. Cause I was like an angst, an angry, angsty teenager. You know what I mean? That was my yeah. shit. Yeah. I don't know if you know who infinite annihilator is, but I used to listen. Oh, to that I know infinite annihilator. <laughs> I used to play in grindcore bands too. So, I mean, like that's, that was also a big part of my experience, but, um, you know, they're a little infinite annihilators, a little, a little after my time, not by much. But I actually thought they were pretty good. Yeah, there's something about the the wavy, like almost I want to say like Sahara sounding guitar with just mm -hmm. the not okay amount of kick drums happening. It was just fucking so good. <laughs> I think uh I think a lot of those bands did go for uh an overproduced sound eventually, though. Yeah. Um like there was something about 90s death metal and black metal where like the best it was going to get was when like cannibal corpse or deicide would go to this place in uh it was in florida called mora sound and mora sound they they had this level where it was never great but it was never terrible it kind of stayed right in the middle and it worked out really well for the amount of aggression they put into it and how guttural it was but uh i think once the production gets to like that next level mm. it stops sounding like metal to me almost and starts sounding like industrial music yeah i i'd have to agree there's something about the the, the uh the style the vibe of like this was made in a bedroom with one microphone and we all played live together and just yeah. sounds like a vacuum you can barely hear the guitar because it's distorted all <laughs> weird shit. yeah that shit's amazing. <laughs> I think that's why I gravitated to grindcore uh, in the late '90s, playing in grindcore bands because it was just it was more punk to me. I mean, yeah. the the band I was in at the time, we would just we wouldn't even record on four tracks. We would like drop a mic in the middle of the room and do a demo that way. Yeah, <laughs> and people were into it, and we'd have these super repugnant, like not okay cassette tape covers of like you know my drummer was way too much into like scat play pornography as as like a, a visual medium for the band <laughs> it was bad it was it was awful so grindcore correct me if i'm wrong is that the kind of the shit where the vocals were like almost like you couldn't hear words it was kind of just like sounds like it, just it, guttural sounds it can sound like that depending on what style of grindcore you're playing because grindcore can be anyone from carcass to brutal truth to anal cunt to, you mm. know, uh, there was just, there were so many different styles within that wheelhouse. I mean, grindcore pre-exists death metal. Sure. There, was, there was a time when they just called all of that grindcore. Not until the band... Not until the band Death came out did 
you know, start to get codified and be like, okay, we're not grindcore, we're death metal, or you know, we're not thrashcore, uh, or like there, or crossover was another thing. Like there was this stuff. It gets so it gets real tricky. It gets real tricky to call yourself anything. But in that time period, you had to have a, a genre. You had to have a selling point. Didn't matter what it was. You know. Yeah. So wait, hold up. Death metal is based off of a band called death well the term death metal is pretty much based around the band death yeah okay that's super crazy i i would have never guessed that but i totally should have known <laughs> it's it's one of the it's so on the nose it couldn't possibly be the answer but it is yeah <laughs> because like how like, like how all, black metal oh god sorry <laughs> no that's okay and black metal is another thing because black metal in all in all truth the idea of it the name came from the band venom right venom were a thrash metal band from britain that were like hella cheesy <laughs> like <laughs> they were cool but they were super cheesy and that's where the term came from because they had an album called black metal and uh when the norwegians got their hands on it that's when it became a genre but what blows me away is the fact that if you listen to black metal the album and then you listen to like black metal the genre it's like how the fuck did this come from that though because <laughs> what satan it all yeah. comes from satan yeah it must be well <laughs> that's the answer you get whenever you see the interviews of uh oh god what's the guy's name gall he uh he he pretty recently came out as uh being gay too which i think is is very cool and very interesting being that his whole uh mythos everything about him was just uh, i'm for satan that's yeah all he cared about and then it turns out he's he's a, a gay artist like like fine artist and he's a very cultured guy but that was his that's... that was his move i mean hey you know they say that Satan is what makes the gays. So, oh, okay, must be what it is. <laughs> must be. But I, I, that's another genre that I think uh, fits well with what you guys are doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like so secondhand inspired by black metal because, like, I, what you see in my hand is what I record with. It's oh, dude, good, bad microphone. What is it? An SM58? It is an SM58, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've owned a million. Yeah, they're not good, but uh, it gets the job done. Like my vocals, if you really listen to it and you have an ear for it, you can hear the like feedback fuzz that comes from my vocals and like even my guitars when I record them. But it's kind of, you know, I don't want to invest in a better microphone because I have one that works right now. So <laughs> fuck me, I guess. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, this one that I'm recording on, I don't know how it sounds to you. It is less than $100. It's an MXL 990. You can get it for right now, I think, 60 bucks on Amazon. And it is a studio quality microphone. It sounds just like the Shure uh, 770 that I also own that I'm not currently using because I wanted to clean it up. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you can, you can get stuff like on the cheap that's really good you just got to know where to look for it and what you're looking for that's true also another part of my problem is we're not in my bedroom right now but my bedroom is extremely small and that's where i have all my shit set up so like i can't really have like a stand or any of that shit 
Like obviously, right. I could probably fold that, but I, it's just also perfect right now that I'm not worried about changing it. <laughs> no, listen. If, if you find a formula that's absolutely popping off for you, I mean, that's you should great. see it because <laughs> it's just it's my laptop on like this little tiny like wooden table, and then I have my shit on like a like uh, what do you we call those things next to a fucking bed. Oh, uh, um, side table, whatever. The yeah, fuck. bedside table, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that next to it, and I just have my like equipment over there and my headphones and shit. And it's just, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't look even like a studio remotely at all. Besides the fact that I have like some sound deadening up on the walls. Yeah. For whatever reason, whether or not it does anything, I don't know, but it's there. So. <laughs> Um, it, it does, it, it takes some of the reverb out of the room and it deadens the noise for other people on the other side of the wall. Yeah. It's mainly just for like my roommate cause he's literally on the other side of the wall. So I was like, Hey, maybe if we can make this a little quieter for him, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not, you're not living at home. Then you you're in an apartment with a roommate and all that jazz, huh? No, it's it's a house. The situation is weird. So we were living in an apartment together and then his dad got a divorce and he had a cabin up in South Dakota. So he was like trying to go live up there. And he basically was just like, well, I'm going to need you to live here. And then he pretty much just offered me to live there with him. So we live on we live in his dad's house, which is on a family farm. Uh, it's kind of a weird situation. You would think it's like out in the sticks, but we're actually right next to like a ton of massive buildings because Facebook is like right across the road. Oh, it's kind of super fucked up, but it's kind of cool. Like, <laughs> you know, it's private. Like people don't bother us because our road is like super secluded. So it's pretty sick. That sounds like a pretty awesome situation to me. Yeah, it is pretty nice. It's also good just if I need to like feel isolated for like musical or artistic purposes, it's pretty easy to do that because <laughs> I just am isolated kind of. Yeah. Which is nice. Not so nice in the winter though. No, no. I mean, I, I had a similar situation when I was 19 and in college, my buddy's grandmother died and we ended up living in her house in this community that was inhabited primarily by people from New York who would only stay there in the in the summertime so this house was juxtaposed by an entire community of empty homes we were the only people there all winter so nobody plowed nothing and we would get snowed in for like a month and a half at a time Ooh. but i got a lot done artistically in that well, yeah i'd imagine you can't go anywhere <laughs> yeah yeah and they had a pool that was a community pool that was drained out in the spring and summertime. So I used to just kill that thing. I would, I, I would bomb into that thing and I, that'd be, we, that'd be a week at a clip. I'd be gone. Oh yeah. It used to make pools different, man. Now they're all square and shit. Well, it's cheaper to make them square. Yeah. <laughs> it's not skateboard friendly though. Damn it. No, it, it's not. And I think I'm probably of, one of the last generations to actually bomb pools possibly possibly yeah it's kind of because like you know skate parks have pools in them yeah. half the time i mean or just some kind of transition that it can satisfy your needs yeah yeah i mean we even have skate parks uh that are similar to that in this area which is uh, a shock because i am in nowheresville but um to me it's just not the same yeah i feel you 
There's something about that authentic shit, you know. About, about it being illegal. That was the part that oh, I, yeah. I think was the most fun. Yeah. It's something that, I mean, like, it's good that um, newer skaters and shit have, like, places to do that. And, like, I don't ever have to worry about street spots because, quite frankly, we don't really have good street spots here. Mm-hmm. So, like, parks are kind of the way. But, like, street spots are kind of just, they're too good. Like, they're that's where, like, the good clips come from because that's where you get to be really creative. And you have to actually find, like, you have to find an obstacle. It's not just there for you to skate. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? That's what was really dope about the, um, it's like a, a strip mall in the center of town where I grew up here. Uh, there was like a Kmart in it and a bunch of other like half-assed stores. And uh, around the back end of it, there was a massive loading dock. So there was just tons of gaps and great places for frontside grinds. And oh my God, there was even uh this area where the it was like a way station that didn't get used anymore and we would use it as a box and mm. oh we would just kill it we would kill it until the police would show up and then we'd be kicked out for a couple of days and then we'd be back that's i mean i don't know all walks of life come from skateboarding all walks of life get into skateboarding so it's hard to really say that it's one particular type of person you know mm-hmm. most people think it's just freaking like you know young drug doers or derelicts that are doing it out here but like i see i see older people and like kind of just normal ass people skating all the time you know it's just a fun thing well the way we moved most of us i wasn't but a majority of of the guys that i i skated with and went to shows with were straight edge right hardline hardline like straight edge you know, like getting into fist fights with kids who smoked at punk shows, you know, that kind of <laughs> dude, what? yeah, dude, that was, that's what it was. That's, that's how they moved back then. Like straight edge was a religion. And that's fucked. The, the, the fact that they fucked with me was great because I was never, ever straight edge, never claimed it. But, uh, you know, I just, I didn't, my extracurricular activities, I didn't put in their face. And sure. You know, it was all good, but, um, it's, it's kind of funny because the one dude who is completely whacked out now, he was the most hard line of all of us. Like this, this dude, he was, a, he got into Hare Krishna and he was a strict vegetarian, straight edge, hardline, straight edge, preached it. And he just got arrested for robbing a target for vacuum cleaners to, return for cash to other target stores for money Ooh. for money for heroin and this dude's my age he's 45 years old Jeez. 45 years old still like pulling licks you know man's hustling dude Jeez. yeah yeah pull, <laughs> trying to pull licks at 45 thinking he's not going to get caught and oh. i don't know i got i guess i turned out pretty well considering some of the people that i've moved with <laughs> yeah i'd say so shit but uh, I, I think I think every every aspect and everything that was like kind of satellite to skating and music back then, your generation is like fulfilling on that promise because your music now is a combination of the hip hop that we were into and the punk that we were into and the metal that we were into and and like you guys kind of just threw it in to a blender or something i don't know how you guys distilled it all into one 
just piece of music but it's all there and it's all obvious of where it came from but it, it's absolutely unlike any of the things that it came from yeah i've like i said i really honestly wish that i had more of an idea of what the fuck's going on in my head or how this shit gets applied but like fuck it's so random for me you know what i mean yeah it's just what i don't know i feel like i finally have found a sound and it's just like this is what it is now you know so what what do you got cooking next are you thinking about doing like a, a long form piece of music like an album or are you just kind of more concentrating on putting out songs like just throwing one out here one out there doing it that you know, way i actually have the name and pretty much the cover art for my next thing established so it's kind of just like making songs around what the idea is so it's like it's random because sometimes i'll just be like okay i have this idea let's do this or i'll just be like i have no idea what the fuck's going on let's just make some songs and then put them into a thing i don't know it just depends i feel pretty content with what i just released to the point where i'm kind of taking a little creative break because like i can't really work myself too much or it's just gonna end up kind of being like garbage after a while so like you afford a little while yeah but i think i think there'll be a project i don't know if it'll be an ep or like an album or what but in the future and actually speaking of i need to start actually fully considering putting my shit on spotify because that's kind of where it counts and i think i'm at that point where it's like my shit is original enough that I think it'd be fair to put it on there. You know what I mean? Even oh, if yeah. it's not necessarily 100% the best mix or master or whatever the fuck. I don't think that shit really matters at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. I think it's a lot more about the idea. I think the ideas are there, so. And that's where that's where you're going to really, like, I mean, SoundCloud's a great avenue. It's a great yeah. avenue. And I know a lot of people who, that's they'll only release there. That, that's how they move and that's it. But once you start going to like Spotify, Apple Music, I mean, you're not going to make a ton of money on streams, but you're going to get more recognition. And I think you're going to be able to get a better idea of who's listening and how much they're listening. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look at uh, Corbin is a great example. Yeah, I don't know if you listen to Corbin at all. Mm -mm. Now, what he's doing... Um, he started he kind of started out doing more of like a, a, a gothy hip-hop vibe sure. now it's it sounds like goth dark wave soul music interesting it, it, it's 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 fucking dope it's good stuff um he, he's almost like the uh equivalent of marvin gay covering the cures pornography <laughs> interesting yeah yeah and uh, like his early stuff he was popping off on you know soundcloud and Bandcamp. but then once he moved he started moving towards like major streaming platforms that's when this next movement of, of his music started to really happen and now he's he's moving albums he's moving units yeah seriously it's kind of just the way i mean spotify itself will push your music but then also if somebody finds your music and they have like a pop and playlist that people actually listen to and they throw it on there then it's like it just goes you know what i mean i actually have i have a song on spotify that i was a feature on uh 
that this guy got put on the playlist ended up hitting like 30 30,000 or some shit and Ooh. I kind of disassociate from that cuz it's like it's kind of more of the emo trap side of the shit that I used to do but you know that's just kind of like how I mean you get it into the right place people hear it people either continue to listen to it or at least it just got the plays you know yeah and I don't give a shit about plays to be honest but I think it'd just be nice to have my stuff on a platform that's accessible in general you know what I mean well, I think the plays will start to matter for you uh, when you start to realize that there are people actually listening. I mean, it it doesn't matter uh, financially so much or, you know, clout wise. But when when yeah. you, when you start to feel that 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 level of of interaction with a group of people who really enjoy what you're doing, you'd be surprised at how much of a fire that lights under you to make the next move. Go oh on. yeah, no. you know what I mean. I you know I yearn for that moment where I feel like there is actually just people I've never met or a certain certain amount of people that just fuck with what I'm doing and like how it is and not like for any other reason. But someday, oh, look, I mean, I you know, look at me, I'm 45. Like I could I could be your dad, and, and I'm fucking with what you're doing. Yeah, it's how I mean. Just fucking music's weird these days, dude. It doesn't even. It can come from anybody, anywhere, anytime. It's, it's weird. It's democratic. It's it's the one truly, truly democratic thing in our lives is music. I mean, just like you said with playlists on Spotify, I mean, you're going to get more listens predicated on a playlist some kid in Iowa slapped together with a bunch of other happening shit. And other people pick up on that because they could, if you make your playlist public, people could just click on it and be like oh shit i like this i like what he's doing let's see what else he's got on here and it builds from there that's truly democratic did you pick iowa for any specific reason just then uh no um that's really interesting you chose iowa because that's where i live <laughs> oh for real i didn't even yeah, i knew bro. i knew you lived in in middle america i didn't know you lived in iowa. <laughs> i was like hold the phone <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> I had no idea you lived in Iowa. The only things I really know about Iowa is uh, Slipknot's from there, and I was <laughs> I, w- I was there once, and we we passed through, and it was really pretty, and it was really flat, and then we were out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it is definitely kind of a travel through state. Uh, I am I see more of the the beauty here just because I see the shit all the time. But at the end of the day, there's nothing super super rocking going on i mean people usually don't even come through des moines which is like the the capital the biggest city in the state so i don't know i'm trying to move out of here actually yeah yeah i i I moved out of uh northeastern pennsylvania twice and for some reason i (laughs) i keep landing here right back (laughs) to the nest yeah something about home dude I hope Some, that it's not like that for me, but shit, dude, it sounds like that for most people. Home is where your mom is. That's just that's just how it is. <sighs> I'll say that. <laughs> I'm, for me, anyway, I'm a fan of my mom, though. Yeah, I, I love my mom and shit. She's kind of a little much sometimes, but she fucking serenades me in love and affection all the goddamn time. So, yeah, you're but gonna, I'm you're... moving away from her, so. I'm trying to I'm trying to start something and I can't start it here because nothing fucking happens here. So, <laughs> well, again, like I said, Slipknot's from there. That's true. I mean, like 
shit was happening at one point for sure but i don't really like the people here the scene here they don't really uh acknowledge me i know that they've heard of me and shit before and i've heard of all them and i've like tried a couple times but it's just like it's super weird like these guys have like a couple thousand plays and then they fucking have this ego shit already and it's like guys do you like do you know where you live right now dude because <laughs> it's fucking iowa man yeah like what are you doing it's just weird i don't know the weird ego from people around here is bizarre so i just don't fuck with that i and it's not exclusive to where you're from no it, no, no it really is. isn't it, it is everywhere um it just so happens that the area i'm from instead of just being able to say okay yeah slipknot and like mushroom head are from where you're from but i could i could rattle off 25 bands from my general area who really made it who really made it and even bands that aren't at their that level yet who are like you know they'll play a show with one of those bands they're they they move like they're already rock stars yeah and that's the thing i mean like you, you know where you're from when like people blow up there it kind of like breeds more people that are capable of doing the same thing and like we've had people blow up here sure and like maybe people do come from here that you just don't know of or hear about or they just don't associate themselves with iowa you know because god forbid yeah. but it just seems like people here are mostly mediocre and i don't mean to like throw shots or anything but like shots intended mm -hmm. kind of sometimes just because i don't know like these motherfuckers talk shit on me for like so long and like I i'm trying to do something original i don't want to fucking do the shit that other people do that's all that these motherfuckers want to do it's just oh rant over but just how to get it out i mean and i'm i'm not throwing shade at any of the bands that are from around here too that are big because like legitimately you could walk three houses down from where i'm at right now and the drummer of motionless and white lives there i don't know if you even know them but they're really pretty, yeah they're real big okay. i mean they're um i've known them since they were little kids they used to come into the record store that i i managed asking me stuff about like like old school like punk rock and hardcore bands um and like they're not even the pinnacle band from around here like who is it breaking benjamin's probably the pinnacle band from this area um not the same scene but you know as far as like grammy nods or whatever like sound scans and all that like they're all right. all those bands are from this area um title fight is from this area they're they were really big um the menzingers this was a happening spot at one point but even like i said the bands in their orbit and the people in their orbit they're not they're not moving those units and they're already like they got that air about them you know yeah. where like yeah i'm I, I played a show with Escape the Fate once, so we're massive. Yeah, no. oh, we're huge. Yeah, dude, you're huge. You're you're doing really well. Don't you <laughs> know? Haven't you seen us on the news? Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Because if you came here, I swear, like, almost, like, I would say maybe, like, one out of every ten Iowan you meet fucking knows Corey Taylor through somebody or fucking has a cousin that was, like, you know friends with him in high school or some shit everybody knows him somehow it's fucking ridiculous yeah it's so silly <laughs> that's that's kind of how it is here with uh pete Steele from typo negative oh yeah is he from there no but he moved here uh and because he had a girlfriend who lived here 
in the last like eight years of his life he lived around here and i'd already run into him in a million different places so like we got along we weren't best friends or anything but mm -hmm. we liked we liked each other and you know like if i the day he died there were probably there's a caravan of about 30 people from this area going to his funeral didn't even really know the guy yeah it's just like oh i ran into him in a bar once we were best friends yeah, yeah it's a, that's it's weird it's like yeah. the kind of I mean, that's always going to happen when you have any kind of like recognition or like if you're an artist with something going on but just bizarre it's like you know pay your respects in your own head and kind of let their family or actual friends kind of do the rest you know what i mean that that's why i didn't go man because it's like yeah i drank with them a bunch of times and yeah we had a lot of friends in common we we knew each other to like hey i know that guy hey how you doing sure i didn't jock him or anything and i when the poor bastard passed away i wasn't i wasn't gonna be up in that fucking funeral home like clout chasing you know? all right yeah that, that's like you may as well just piss on the guy's corpse while you're there if, if that's how you <laughs> that's how you want to act you know yeah like talking to his family just like they're like oh how'd you know i'm like oh yeah i got fucked up with him a couple times you know super yeah. cool guy love his music <laughs> <laughs> like what yeah i i have a i have a carnivore t-shirt we're good friends all yeah right. seriously so where did the name come from? That's another question I wanted to ask you. So I, you know, it started out as Lil Moonbeam. That was the first, first name. Cause I was really on that like emo wave shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but going to dox myself here. And yeah. then it, I changed it to got shortly after like just G H A U T, which I kind of copped from a dude I used to game with when I was like in middle school. Cause I was like, this dude is super cool. He just had a weird personality. And I was like, this guy's weird. And his like gamer tag was got, and I think it's just some foreign name. Like I looked it up one time, and on Instagram, and there's some a couple gots on there, but I think it's like their actual name. So I was like, okay, this is weird. Mm -hmm. And then recently, I was like, got doesn't really fit the like the vibe I'm I'm hitting now. So I just kind of added the Ica because I was like thinking Magica, and I also had been listening to Ghostbane a lot. So I was like, you know what, just toss that on there. Sounds good. Sounds cool. Yeah. It's not a word that exists. So I mean, it's original <laughs> in its own facet. But um, he just did a song with Health, who I just interviewed as well, not that long ago. Right. Yeah, I listened to that interview. That was that was good too. Cause I was like, I saw Health, and I was like, where the fuck have I seen that before? I, I swear to God, I've seen that somewhere. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. So I was like, a short interview. I usually listen to him when I'm working. Actually, it kind of like helps me get through it. Cause recently, work or uh, music hasn't been hitting right. So the podcast has been a big help yeah again my work hours yeah that one I, I i kind of kept it a little shorter uh because it seems like my podcasts run for like three sometimes over three hours at a clip and that could be emotionally and mentally trying for some people oh yeah and, and you know uh john Famoletti from health he's he's not like one of these damaged people like myself who uh you know has this like brutal story to tell about his life so i kind of just you know i didn't keep it surface i thought it was a great interview actually but i, I didn't punish him either <laughs> yeah that's that's cool i like i like the ones that are long because like it's heavy and it's deep and you guys like relate super hard like 
Tobias and Nicole, both of those interviews fucking blew my mind. And like just the Lycia interview with Mike and Tara, holy shit, mm-hmm. dude. Shit's life changing, honestly. I was I was actually in tears in the middle of the one with Tobias because his life story is very, very uh similar to my own. Yeah. And I mean that he's he's the dude, man. He's awesome. He's a great guy. There Nicole, though, she's like she's the one who bailed him out too right you know i mean what an incredible story i'm i'm kind of glad though uh for as happy as i am to have those types of interviews i'm also happy to have interviews with people whose you know lives weren't fraught with with horror as well in despair yeah yeah i mean and and to be to be fair uh nicole and tobias are no longer in any form of despair they're actually on the other side of that but right you know you don't you don't like seeing people uh coming having to come up in that kind of situation you know what i mean no yeah i felt like in the nicole interview i was getting called out a couple times because i (laughs) y'all or she was like uh we need more music from people who've had terrible backgrounds and not so much like people in middle class who fucking are just talking about themselves in the mirror and i was like fuck that was totally me shit <laughs> you At know what so, for, she, for, she circled back on that though and did say i mean there's nothing wrong with people like anybody creating everybody should be creative um and let's face it you don't ha- you don't really have to be a complete damage case to understand pain no because I mean, I, i've said this to i say this to a lot of people my personal worst and your personal worst may on the outside looking in if you were to compare the two be vastly dissimilar on the outside but the way it feels to me and the way it feels to you is exactly the same yeah that's the shit that sucks because like you, you can't really compare your trauma to other people but at the same time it can be humbling in a sense of just like you know people do have a harder like i should be able to get through this type of thing but also you can't you can't compare it because it's like it hurts the same for everybody you know what i mean life just sucks sometimes well the my my assertion is you can compare it all in the fact of, of how it affects you right you know you know what i'm saying i mean you could have like you know the child molester in the family or you could have just had uh, your favorite uncle die and they're both awful they're both yes equally awful because of you know you, you may have nothing else to compare that to so that's right. a, so that's your personal worst and that's your personal worst and you may not be able to relate in the circumstances but in the way it affected you you can mm-hmm. you know what i mean so so pain is always relatable right prom is always relatable and we all have it yeah and that's the kind of shit they teach you in like therapy and stuff which i think is super super good yeah i mean just realizing that you are worth having emotions and having anybody give a shit about you is a big deal yeah (laughs) something that a lot of people kind of struggle with so it's actually recently started getting better for me i mean i still you know i'm i'm not clean by any means i don't like abuse really i just smoke weed every day i guess that's probably not a good thing but it hasn't affected me mentally as bad as it used to and just i've noticed my own kind of like 
comeuppance into acceptance of life because i used to just be like oh fuck everything i want to die like life sucks but it's like what's the point of that you're alive you know what i mean just fucking live jesus christ yeah i mean it's there for you for the taking you just take it yeah exactly there's no point just sitting around and uh wallowing i guess but i digress (laughs) (laughs) hey man whatever whatever way you find it too i mean you could go to therapy you could write smoke weed what whatever right. whatever gets you over that hurdle to the next to your next thing you know i mean yeah. it's, all, it, it's all equally relevant mm-hmm. honestly if anything weed anymore is kind of just like it's keeps my anger bullshit in check because that's the one thing that's like fucking wow like i don't like getting mad at dumb shit but i will get mad at dumb shit and that kind of keeps me from doing that so that's if anything that's what i use that for but that's also called being in your 20s too oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> i notice I mean, it so bad sometimes i mean when i was in my 20s i was i was beyond angry i was beyond angry and you know at the point i'm at right now for the life of me i can't even remember what i was so mad about right just dumb bullshit you know (laughs) yeah 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 i mean the things that i was passionate about then i'm still passionate about i'm still passionate about animal rights um still passionate about you know um acceptance of the lgbtq community uh passionate about anti-bullying because i i grew up bullied my whole life when i was a kid growing up around Uh, here if you were even a, a hair strange and i was a punk i mean you were fucked with royally so there was yeah. that to contend with so i had anger from that and and you you reach a point when you age a little bit more and you're like why why would i even be angry about that those people were so uncomfortable with themselves that they had to abuse me to make themselves feel better exactly uh i mean dare to be different and god forbid because normal people don't like different sure <clears throat> especially well, around here different could be something as stupid as skin color and then everybody's uncomfortable and makes weird remarks and it's like oh my god why are we still like this i mean i i have i have a neighbor that can't stand my fam my my wife and i because she's not white you know i mean but i think i think there's a lot more jealousy built into that than people realize too yeah or just it's just ignorance and like like blissful ignorance you know they don't care to like really learn how the fuck it doesn't matter you know what i mean like they're not different people mm-hmm. they're exactly the same you're just you just have this weird prejudice for no reason i i i honestly see it as a almost a form of jealousy in my opinion because you know the, the where where does the impetus of of racism uh, against uh, african-american people come from where does that begin it's the uh it's the this sideways belief this 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 thing that they think that there's this mandingo complex that they all have where uh, black men they all they, they can outperform me sexually because they they have bigger penises or you know they're more physically fit than i am and you know that's because of this and that's why i don't like them and they're trying to take our women and you know that's that's where that's where a lot of that really comes from mm-hmm. you, know, you know that in feeling that actual feeling of inferiority so the way they counteract it 
is with making themselves feel superior. Yeah, the lie, the old uh, white supremacy lie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like we're superior at anything. Come on now. Please, <laughs> please. Come Terrible. Yeah, yeah that's mm -hmm. why I'm trying to get out of here because it's like, it's just, it's not super in your face, but like, even I feel the stares when I walk into a place where I wouldn't typically be like it for work. It's just uncomfortable. Like I don't want to feel different because I do things different. I just want to be like myself and have everybody else be like, oh yeah, that's a person. And he does that shit that way. Cool. You know, fucking who mm -hmm. gives a shit? Kind of blending in, you know, it's hard to blend in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you can go to a major metropolitan area and kind of solve that for yourself, but then it comes with another whole set of different problems. Oh yeah. It, it, I think, well, I think what it all comes down to is learning to control your own environment as best you can. True. Yeah. I mean, like, there's nothing I can do if I'm somewhere it's not a place that I would actually be, but like I'm in a situation where I'm here, I kind of just take it, like, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of nice because people are looking at me and I'm like, well, they're doing it for a reason. So I must be doing something right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah, that's, that's, that's actually the, the, the big uh, mile marker for doing something correctly is if people hate you for it. Yeah, seriously. Oh, yeah. hate, hated. That's the thing that kind of scares me about the music too. Back on that subject is like, once it's out there more and like people start hearing it more, I know there's going to be the people that are like, Ooh, this is garbage. This is just like a worse version of this or like, this is nothing special or whatever. And it's like, I personally don't give a shit about that, but it's like, I could go without hearing it. <laughs> well, I mean, th there's a positive aspect to uh, releasing to something like a Spotify or uh, an Amazon music or something along those lines, because it's not even, even though it's democratic in the process of, of getting on people's playlists and stuff, there aren't, there's not like a rating system built into it. Whereas like you put something up on Bandcamp or, you know, these other music platforms where, you know, you're getting feedback almost in real time. People are making comments, people are rating it you're not going to have to deal with that. True. I can imagine people in the comments of your, your tracks going, this shit sucks. Oh yeah. Oh Ooh. yeah. Yeah. I guess that technically can happen on SoundCloud, but usually it's just bots that comment on songs. Yeah. Yeah. People don't normally, com normal real people don't comment on songs on there. Yeah. They, they either listen or move on. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, thankfully if like, for the most part, I feel like music is mainly just like you either love it or you kind of just fuck off with it. But like some people just actively hate certain artists and it's like, yo, what the fuck? Like I've heard some people fucking hate on Ghostman just like bad. And it's like, dude, are you okay? I mean, yeah, what did he do? Do, do it better. Mm -hmm. That's what, like the whole, uh, I understand why people could be uh, possibly angry at Kanye West. <laughs> and, and they have they have every right to be because he he moves in some ways that I really can't stand. But is is he still like kind of a musical genius? Yeah, I mean, he, like, like you know, his music is pretty. When when he's on, he's really on. I, I mean, I could I could think of four of his albums that, I mean, as as a hip hop head, I couldn't do without.
you know but him as a person the only (laughs) the only thing i can think of when i think of that man is that time where he was ran in the white house or uh he was in like the, the Oval Office, just sitting there talking about shit. Have you seen that video? Yeah, where he's just talking about shit, and you're just like, "What the fuck is he saying right now?" He he uh, doesn't his fil- the filter between his brain and his mouth is broken. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But oh. I don't actively hate him. I I I don't have time for that. I don't have time to actively hate someone. No, especially not for some shit like music or just. How some I mean unless unless it's something bad like this guy is racist or this guy is a homophobe, shit like that. I think that's worth being like, no, 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 no. But well you can hate you're a weirdo. You you could call him out for being an asshole. You can like, all right, listen, I'm I'm not going to feed into your ego by commenting on what you do or 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 giving it my money or my time. I mean, and that's really the way to get somebody is to not pay attention to them at all. But to hate them in any degree, you're feeding almost the same mechanism that liking them and showering adoration on them does. I suppose that's fair. I mean, there's got to be a point in fame where, like, you're getting just as much love as you are hate. So it's probably like, as long as you're getting both, shit's kosher. Well, you're getting that energy. You're getting energy from people regardless. And hate can build notoriety yeah i know no press is bad press they say no no absolutely not so i mean the the lesson you could take away from that is is whatever you do just do it all the way and be as loud and boisterous about it as humanly possible and people will come (laughs) yeah if you have if you have the balls to be that way yeah I'm a little too kept to myself to be a like loud individual. Well, I, I think I think what I'm trying to say with that though is is even though you're not a loud, boisterous individual, what you bring to the table, do that to the maximum. Sure. That's all I'm saying. Not yeah. necessarily go out and ring your own bell all day with a sandwich board on your body saying the end is near just <laughs> you, you know what i mean just just go out and do what you're doing to the nth degree you take it to the the highest logical point you could possibly move at and resonate at and do it that way right and people will come yeah you know i mean like do what you love for long enough and something's gotta gotta happen with it right you're, you're gonna be somebody's genius believe that me any absolutely absolutely i like what you do so i mean imagine three years from now you're just keep moving the way you're moving you keep resonating at that same frequency pushing the same amount of stuff out doing it the way you want and people will notice i guarantee it time will tell you know i like sometimes I think that I've been doing it for a super long amount of time, and it's like in the scope of all time, a couple of years isn't really shit. So I mean, there's time to go. It's just I'd like to start shit, you know, when I'm young. Well, I'm as old as I am, and I started making music when I was 13. So 32 years, 32 years of making music. 
I'm not a rock star. I'm not rich, but I'm not. Is that what you wanted, though? You know? Yeah, that's what I wanted. That's originally not to be a rock star, but to make a living as a musician. Yes, that was what I thought I wanted. Now that would not fit into my lifestyle because I have a small child again and I'm married and I kind of like my married life with my little boy and coming home from work every day, do my podcast, you know, kiss the baby. Like, you know, I I couldn't really do that on tour. But, you know, you're you're doing something with it. I mean, it's manifested in some way. Just doing podcasts with artists that are relevant or have been relevant or whatever it may be. I mean, that's cool enough as it is, I think, mm-hmm. aside from music, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I get to put my own music in it occasionally, too. Um, so with all of that in mind, and, you know, this this being the new world with, you know, the computerized, digitized way we all play, interplay with one another with music, is there a future for you in live in the live setting and in, in, in playing shows i really hope so i don't know how that shit even gets started to be honest with you especially around here especially considering that i pretty much uh isolated myself from this entire city for the most part <laughs> um i you never know i mean it could start at any point i would love to do shows i mean i would just do like basement or anything and honestly anything but the, my my fear is because of just my overthinking mind is like nobody's gonna know my music before they hear it probably at like a kind of show and i kind of would rather do one where it's like people have already heard my music and it's kind of just like a hey first show like people come that like it you know so i don't have to deal with that fear of like oh man this might suck (laughs) you know i mean that that's always going to be a part of it though that's all i know like that uncertainty is always going to be a part of it like are these people even going to care right and it's like if they go to a show it's like i hope that they give a fuck another thing is too that's an option is opening but that's equally as like man these people really aren't even here for me at all so they don't even give a fuck to hear this shit but but if you win them if you win them it's all the sweeter oh yeah that's true because i've i've been in bands and opened for bands way 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 bigger and i've won over crowds in those situations and it's all this it's actually better than headlining a show that's fair i can can see that takes a little bit more effort you're 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 taking somebody else's crowd from them yeah yeah everybody's there to vibe so it's like you know if you get them to vibe then you got the right shit going on you know what i mean Mm -hmm. well i guess not every show is vibes but the ones that are vibes (laughs) Well, I mean, every show is to in its own way. Um, I mean, as far as what you do, I, I I don't really have a a basis for comparison because you know a majority of the music that could be construed as being like yours, they ended up always playing with bands like Turnstile or or a comparably sized hardcore band like Trash Talk. You know and and it was always a mixed bill you know what i mean mm-hmm. so, so uh, you don't really know who's there for who but it all seems to work out i've never i've never been to a show where it was basically just your genre 
so I don't even know how that I don't know how that world works. I would imagine it works the same way a punk show works. You go, you rent a hall, <laughs> you know, you don't pass out flyers at the mall like I did back in the eighties and nineties, but you promote it online. You see if you can get people to buy tickets in advance. You pay the hall off that you rented and there's your show. Right. I mean, it's, it's all within your grasp. It's just a matter of like building your own scene. Yeah. And you know, I feel like, I feel like at this point I just need help with it because I have the means to do it. I have music. That's good. I'm willing to, it's just, fuck. I, I have no idea how, you know what I mean? I don't know where it starts for people or how people even start doing it. I feel like, I feel like the start, just getting past the first one is probably the biggest hurdle because it's like, holy shit, like, what the fuck? Am I, what am I doing? Oh, my God. I've I mean, never seen better attention like that. There's a bunch of young guys in their 20s who just put together uh, a hardcore festival. It was supposed to happen right here in my town, but it got too big and they had to move to a bigger place. Um, and it's you know the a couple of really big local hardcore bands and then some national acts spread over two days and they just they rented a space they pre-sold tickets online spread the word and it just blew up and yeah there's not a lot of people in this area <laughs> i mean there really aren't you know they're they're probably getting the same like 80 kids who were involved in the scene in this area uh, mixed with people from the surrounding you know like like philadelphia and new york and everything in between is us so you know they're, they're getting that whole stretch of the coast to come to this tiny little shitty area to go to these this festival and right if, if you move like that uh, you kind of can't lose you just have to find other like-minded musicians that want to play a show that's true. I mean, another way I thought about it too is I don't really care to necessarily do things where I'm at. Uh, I'm kind of more so just focused on creating. And hopefully, when I move out of here and I'm in a place that's a little bit more lively for music and is also a place I've never like met anybody, don't have any enemies, whatever, I, it'd kind of be a lot more, a lot easier to kind of just jump into it there if yeah. it were possible. I mean, I would like to try more in that kind of environment rather than here where people know me and they only hear me on the music and they don't hear the music you know what i'm saying so uh, are you contending with people who have like a, a personal you know beef with you specifically uh that's outside of music and that's something that you're trying to avoid as well part partly yeah because like i don't necessarily have a ton of people that hate me but i have enough and like this town is small enough like des moines is not big it's a city but it's like barely a city you know what i'm saying like there's a couple yeah. big buildings whatever but like you just fucking run into people dude and like if i did a show or like anything i know for a fact there'd be somebody there that i know and it's like whether or not there's somebody i fuck with is a completely different thing and i'm just <laughs> trying to avoid that shit as much as possible because <laughs> i don't know i'm not trying to I'm not trying to do all that well why, why? popped off what what would what could you possibly have done to uh to make these people want that though i mean that's that's the part i guess i'm not i'm not understanding like or is it just is that just what it is now like people just beef with each other because well i mean like 
you know, I'm not perfect. I've had shit happen. I sure I haven't necessarily gone out of my way to make enemies, but like I've got, you know, if people just if people don't like fucking how you are or like your fucking way of life, they'll just be all bitchy about it. And like I'm not one to just keep people around because of shit like that. And so I kick them out. It's not really even anything like major or like i'm afraid somebody's gonna pull up and start shit it's just like if i can avoid seeing people i don't want to see here i most certainly will i just the music scene here is not as much of like shit that i do as much as it is people trying to be like rappers and like whatever i don't give a shit do what you want to do but like i'm not really into that anymore i will rap and i do rap but i don't really think of myself as a rapper it's not my thing Hmm. so you know Small town, small town blues. <laughs> that sounds just like where I'm from. I'm from the Scranton area, and the only thing people know about Scranton is shit. What is that show now? The Office. <laughs> <laughs> is that where that was filmed? It wasn't film. It wasn't filmed here, but it's based on here. Oh, really? Yeah, and they do name drop like some of the bars and stuff that we would go to on the show. And and like food spots and stuff, but that's got to be like a tourist town now because people fucking love the office. Oh, dude, the mall here has a, an office like installation in it. So like <laughs> like like there's stuff from the set there, and they sell like uh, you know t-shirts based on the show and 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 all that. But it's so kitschy and overblown that you know it had its moment and it died. Oh my god, dude! Back when I used to be on the dating apps and shit pretty heavy it was like seemed like every one in ten women would just be like i love the office if you don't love the office we're not gonna we're not gonna get along it's like oh my god <laughs> are you serious right now <laughs> like holy shit if you're not into a broadcast television show we're not gonna work out we can't make it it's all i watch i don't watch anything else yeah but dating apps i mean that's that's a whole other thing i mean I, oh barf I, dude i met my wife on one Dude, I met my girlfriend on one. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and and it's and it's beautiful. Um, you know, I'd never been on one before. I, I was, you know, to me, it was it was a very new thing. It was a very, uh, I, I felt like I was humbling myself by doing it, but it seemed like I was only meeting women at work or in bars, and neither right. of, neither of which are a very good idea. No. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna try this out. And uh, the first person I reached out to was the first person I, I, I really liked was someone who just so happened to live two blocks from me. And now and now we're married and have have a child. So <laughs> what do you know? I, I was I right was around the corner. I was legitimately on there for like uh, all of maybe a week and a half. You know, if that if that got what I was looking for done. That, that does not happen <laughs> no it's you know it's crazy like people get married off the shit now and it's like you don't even really want to admit that's where you met but it's like you know oh, some we used to lie about that shit yeah <laughs> i bet we did we used to lie about that shit we had like a a concerted effort to be uh untruthful about it but then in our wedding uh I, I was I was pretty uh, that was like a part of my wedding vows. You name drop the old Tinder. Yeah, well no, okay Cupid, and that's where we met. 
All right, all right. And it wasn't even like because Tinder, I, at least back then, that was that was for hookups. Oh yeah, no, it still is. Oh, <laughs> okay. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. That's... I mean, she is something might <laughs> come up from Tinder, but it's not gonna be anything good, probably. <laughs> I mean, well, you know. So you, that's how you met your girl then, too, huh? Well, I got banned from Tinder, and so I ended up on Bumble, and uh, she also got banned from Tinder and ended up on Bumble, and we just so happened to meet up on there, and then it was kind of just like, I met her, we started talking, and it was like, okay, I'm not going to fuck around with anybody else. It's kind of... How do you so. get banned from Tinder? <clears throat> it's a long story. Um, basically, I said some choice words to a girl that had really done me, had really rubbed me the wrong way, because uh, we matched on Tinder. Long story short, uh, we ended up dating or whatever the fuck, and then she like disappeared. She turned into a ghost. Yeah, wrapping back around to the ghosts, and I was like, "Fuck you, you fucking piece of shit!" And she reported me, and it was fucking. That was it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know it was pretty easy actually, and you yeah. don't get a uh, appeal. You don't get appeal that. No, it's just it's it. You're done. Perma ban. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's gone forever. But I don't need that shit. No, no. I, I think that I think that whole wave is pretty much dying now too. That's rotting on the vine. I don't. Yeah. I don't think people are really messing with that like they used to. I mean, it's mostly just people like going on there for physical relationships, and like I could give a fuck about that to be honest with you at this point. Yeah. I would rather have connection with somebody than like be like oh man i want to fuck like twice a week be over here wednesdays and saturdays bitch you know i don't give a yeah. shit about that <laughs> yeah that's that, that gets empty quick i've already had my time with it and i'm 23 so yeah. i don't even <laughs> i don't know how that happened but <laughs> so i guess in closing what i, I i'd like to uh, get you to sort of drive home to everybody is kind of what your mission is with this music and where uh where the best place they could find it is right now but let's let's start with the mission what what is it what is it you're trying to drive home with this i honestly just think that it's just like my like soul in sounds honestly it's like what goes on in my head or like what i hear it's just how i kind of perceive life especially in the lyrics and it's gotten a lot more like out of like out of this world lately with the writing and i don't really know where it's come from but i just think it's like soul release you know what i mean like it's just it's my art because i've always been into art and i can't draw anymore it's not my thing but like something about music just making a cohesive thing just feels so good and like it's something that everybody can kind of get into so if people find it and they get down with it i'm cool with that but if nobody does ever i'm still happy with it because i love it you know what i mean mm -hmm basically all there is to it now i mean i just want to keep doing it i think it'll go probably for as long as i'm alive hopefully and uh best place to find it is soundcloud gotica g-h-a-u-t-i-k-a hopefully i might actually look into it when we get off the phone here but i do need to get some shit up on spotify so i'm gonna look into like distro kid and what's up with all that shiz after this well I, honestly you don't even need that but hit me up when we're done with this you could hit me up and uh I'll kind of walk you through it. It's it's a lot easier than dealing with a middleman. So you can just do it yourself too. Yes. Oh yes. well, say less. Yeah. Yeah. 
don't even you don't you don't need to deal with anybody else because that's just more hands in your pocket but um that's true so, so you don't really have a maybe maybe a core message is a poor choice of words but if you, if you could kind of distill everything you're doing into like you know one not word but one sentence one one kind of uh core principle what do you think that would be uh, i would probably say i guess the most relevant thing for me and what like i realize lately is just like don't wallow in sadness just fucking find shit you like and even if you're sad when you're doing it just like try and get out of your head you know what i mean because i fucking have been stuck in my head for years i didn't work i didn't do shit i literally just existed as a person every single day i woke up and i was like fuck i'm a piece of shit and then i just kind of put that feeling and shit in the music and that's kind of where the sound is from and that's like i still do that and when i write like that's kind of where my head's at so just like try and exist get yourself out of your funk do whatever the fuck it takes i don't know so it, so it's a it's a, a positive message then it's it's about it's about i suppose it's a positive yourself. message with a dark theme well i mean most positive messages are encoded in dark theme uh, in dark themes so it's my it, favorite <laughs> i'll say my favorite lyric recently and i know you've heard it because it was on the sunless realm but like said smoke until the day is gone did you find yourself having fun I think that shit's fucking funny because <laughs> that great. shit's so real. It's like, yeah, some people just smoke the day away and just try not to exist, but it's like you exist. So I mean, if smoking fucking helps you get through the day, that's cool. But like, if it's a negative thing for you, then realize that and try and move on, figure shit out. I don't know. Just don't wallow in your own self pity, I guess. Unless you know, it sparks something in creative, something creative within you, and then oh. hey, <laughs> oh, it certainly, it certainly does. But I mean, if there's nothing creative going on and you're just doing it just because fuck it, I mean, fuck all that. I think it's creative for me, but yeah, I can be creative without it now. I just, I thought that I needed it. I used to just be like, oh fuck, I need weed, I need fucking to drink, otherwise I'm never gonna be able to write. What the fuck? No, it's not even. It ain't even like that. What they when people tell you that shit or you if you perceive it that way because that's what all these fucking rock stars and shit are doing that shit's not how it is. No, it's they're, in your head. They're not doing it because it helps them write or create. What they're doing it because they're lonely and they're on tour. Yeah, that's Seriously. why they're doing it. Take yeah, it from or, take it from me. They're yeah. lonely. It's trying to disassociate from, you know just the pressure because it's it's a lot of pressure you know what i mean it's not just like easy shit it doesn't matter who you are yeah and it, you know you're with the same four or five dudes you're sick of their stories and you're sick of the way this guy smells and oh you know God, yeah. you may you may love these guys and yeah i've been in the situation you could you could fully and completely love the people that you're in a band with but you're on the road for four weeks you know Three weeks, you're still cool. Four weeks in, it starts to get a little different. It's getting it's, sticky. It's getting it's getting a little sticky. <laughs> people people are starting. You're starting to see some true colors that you wish you didn't recognize. And drinking and chasing women and narcotics, they all start to call your name, and they're very readily available. And oh yeah, there's your slippery oh. slope. 
That's why I respect bands, man, because that shit is like having to like cooperate with other dudes like that. It's mm-hmm. tough shit, especially when everybody's got that little bit of ego going on, the little bit of ego trip. Yeah. It's a doozy. Yep. I get listen, I'm in a I play in a band with my best friend and a couple of years ago at at a practice it wasn't even a show at a practice we just got into it over some ego shit and it it almost got really nasty really quick we got over it but when you're dealing with that many egos in the same room it something's bound to happen yeah i mean it's like you all got to keep yourself and keep each other in check because you can't really keep yourself in check because in your own head you're just like no i'm right fuck you guys fuck you yes like it's hard to get over that shit that's why i'm trying to stay egoless i mean there's there's obviously always an ego as long as there's a brain involved but i try to keep myself in check i think it's a good positive thing to do it's important it's very important so with all of that put on the table i want to thank you for coming on here i think we've been at this for probably two hours a couple hours yeah so thank you so much for having me dude this has uh, been super cool i've been looking forward to it i have too i'm really glad you guys could get on here and uh maybe we'll have you on again next season probably sooner sure i mean a couple projects out later you know see where we're at you know (laughs) absolutely absolutely just keep working on it and uh we'll be here listening yeah dude i appreciate it all right brother Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. I'll talk to you. Later. That, my friends, was Gattaca. I'd like to thank you all for joining us. It was a great little conversation. I really enjoyed it. He certainly seemed to. And I would urge you all to listen in. He is available on SoundCloud. His music has since made its way to most streaming platforms. You can find him on Apple Music, Spotify, basically anywhere you like to listen to music, you'll be able to find Gotica. This was a real education for me as well, as this is not of my generation. I am an older human, and this distillation of these disparate genres that this new generation of artists doesn't really feel inclined to stick to. They take a little from here, a little from there, and it all belongs together in their eyes, which is something I think we could all learn a little bit from. It's music without prejudice. I mean, where else are you going to find someone who loves Lil Peep as much as they love Lycia as much as they love Ghost Mane, as much as they're into Dark Throne. You're not going to find it. Not in anyone from my generation, anyway. Now, I know I don't normally do things of this nature on this podcast, but it's at the tail end, and if you're still listening, I just wanted to sort of speak about the massive amount of celebrity deaths that have occurred this January. From Louis Anderson to Ronnie Spector, Bob Saget to Sidney Poitier, Peter Bogdanovich to the legendary Betty White. The most recent and most pressing of these deaths would be the most unfortunate passing of Marvin Lee Aday, 
who you would all know as Meatloaf. Meatloaf passed away due to COVID-19. Now, a lot of people are making some noise because he was anti-vax, he was anti-mask. But let's face it, folks, no matter what he believed, he had a family, he had friends, and he had millions of fans. So, rest in peace to Mr. Meatloaf a day. See you all next time. I've been Peter. He's been Gotica. You've been great. Have a great night. Stay safe. I love you all. And good night. From 3.33 a.m. Studios, this has been the Book of Very, Very Bad Things podcast with Peter Tansky. That's what it is, it is, it is, it is.